conversations you're not going to hear on mainstream media. Your support makes it possible. Please make a donation today at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We have to take back control. If there's no community control of the schools, uh, what we have is kids being not only indoctrinated, but groomed in a very real sense by people who are, whether they know it or not, sexual predators. Physically, no, I don't think so. But they're abusing them mentally and, use, and using um, sex to do so. This has always been the problem with education: is that teachers are uh, inclined, particularly men, because men are predators, to uh, pedophilia, and that's why there were strict um, community strictures about it. Uh, thank God. So this started to break down when the schools said, "You know what? We have to teach the kids about sex." Why? Because what if they don't do it at home? Stop the insanity! Katie, my lady. Look at here, baby. I'm all up on you because you represent California. pounds, but I didn't go from a fat person to a thin person. That's not what happened. I went from an unfit person to a fit person, and there's not a, anybody in this room who can't do that. Who am I? Who am I to tell you any of this? Number one, I don't know if you know, I'm bald. Start there. Start there. Am I a doctor? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't think they'd have me. I think I'm booted out of medical school. Do you imagine me signing up? Hi, I'd like to be a doctor. Get out of here. Am I a doctor? No. Am I a dietitian? Absolutely not. Am I a nutritionist? Mm, they, they certainly wouldn't have me. I don't think they like me very much. You know what I am? I'm a housewife that figured it out. Now, you can call my ex-husband and you can ask him, what's the most dangerous animal on earth? And he's going to tell you, an intelligent, angry woman. There's a patient by the name of Gregory. Night nurse. Only you 
to the bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mm, mm, mm. Now that's Winslow tea, a New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house, or your local greengrocer, because that's how you know it's Winslow. Out in the street, they call it From the Winslow Tea Broadcast Booth in cloudy Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's too scary. Uh. <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Hope you're having a a wonderful morning, and um, I'm having a wonderful glass of Winslow tea. Mmm. And my uh, opening monologue is sponsored by Winslow Tea. They sponsor each and every monologue on this here program. We're we're up to like, this is show like 160 or something. How the time flies when you're having fun. He's just been a fun couple years, you know, not much going on. I was at a a uh, Passover thing last night and people uh, hadn't seen each other for a while and would say, how's it going? And everybody had the most tentative, uh, it's, it's going, uh, yeah, it's, it's going well. We're so shell-shocked. Nobody wants to commit to uh, things being okay. But today's show will be okay. <laughs> I promise. And that's that's a that's a RTTB guarantee. Later in the program, we're going to have Howie calling in about your New York Mets. They are off to a hell of a start, and we'll talk to Howie about baseball, and, and uh, we'll try to keep it interesting for all you non-baseball fans but this uh 
the the New York Mets are the official um, Major League Baseball team of Race to the Bottom. So, you know, you're just going to have to um, deal with it and to, you know, sit back and take another swig. Mm. I've got a straw today. Sorry, turtles. Right? So, the folks at Winslow thought it would be fun. Um, I I played, I hadn't played the the spot there um, for Winslow Tea in a while, and everybody loves that and knows it by heart, Uh, but I just wanted to refresh your memory because... The folks at Winslow Tea thought it would be fun. I already said that. Um, <laughs> to in in the ad it says uh, since eighteen seventy two, and everybody knows that's when uh, Father Winslow uh, started the 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 uh, you know the, brewed his his first bag, and um, they were wondering, do you all even know? They said, does your, does the race to the bottom community even know what was going on in 1872? Maybe we could do some, like, uh, some fun, uh, fun little history lesson. And, and we don't have our resident historian Colette here today, but she will be on the show, um, I think next month. We can ask her about some of these facts and figures. Always with the figures. When you mention facts, everybody wants to mention figures, too. What's up with that? You can hit us up in the chat. What do you think about how everybody says facts and figures? So what happened in, happened? I just went to Chicago for a second. What happened in, in 1872? Well, everybody knows uh, Ulysses S. Grant was elected president he was um he took on horace Greeley for the for the um for the uh in the in the uh, in the race everybody knows s what s stands for ulysses s grant it's like f scott fitzgerald why they don't like him that much they say f scott fitzgerald in uh, June 14th, trade unions were legalized in Canada in 1872. So you had Father Winslow brewing his bags, and you had trade unionists brewing, uh, you know, livable working and in, in, uh, living conditions. And July 18th, sadly, uh, Mexican President Benito Juarez died of a heart attack. And Sebastián Lerdo de Tejada became the interim president. And Father Winslow brewing his bags. Thomas Hardy anonymously published uh, his novel Under the Greenwood Tree. Such a great book. The first Shriners Temple, this was in September 26, 1872, pardon me. The first Shriners Temple was established in New York City. What is a Shriner? Shriner. I'm going to become a Shriner. Ancient Arabic Order of Nobles of Mystic Shrine. 
It's a Masonic society. I'm going to have a Mason, somebody, a Freemason come on the show. Anybody know any Freemasons? Indentured Masons? November 9th, the Great Boston Fire of 1872 happened in Boston. A large fire begins to burn on Lincoln Street. A two-day disaster. They couldn't put it out. Caused uh, $60 million in, in damage. And, and of course, everybody knows it's the 1872 was, uh, you know, in the aftermath of the Paraguayan War. The new government of Paraguay made peace with Brazil and uh, granted reparations and territorial concessions. So, you know, that's... That's what was steeping into the conversation when, uh, you know, when Father Winslow started the, the company. And, and uh, it still holds up. Mm. Yeah, it does. You know what else held up? Is that mashup. Who do we hear from? We heard, uh, do you know where you're going to? Do you like do you know? That song goes from major to minor a lot. That's uh, Diana Ross, the theme from Ebony. I think I might have heard that in the grocery store. Or I just heard it in my in my mind. We heard from uh, who did we hear from? Material World, Madonna. Madonna's uh, looking great these days, and I don't want to. You know, we all age, but it's not aging that that is uh, Madonna's issue. If if you haven't seen her appearance, uh, she's. I always felt like there was a. Uh, kind of a rivalry between her and Michael Jackson, and maybe Madonna wants to outdo Michael on the plastic surgery. Um, I don't know. I don't want to be mean, um, but wow. We heard from uh, Katy Perry with California Girls, and I only put that in my uh, in the mashup because for some reason it's been stuck in my head. I don't know what happened. I don't particularly like that song. My wife always says, oh, you love Katy Perry. I don't think that that's true. I do love the song. Um, I'm wide awake. And um, Teenage Dream. That's, that's uh, a jam. But in that song, California Girls... This is Reclusive by Reed Anderson in the in the background off his album The Vastness of Space. And that song California Girls, she says, California girls were undeniable. Daisy Duke's bikinis on top. So I guess she's wearing a bikini over Daisy Dukes. Seems uncomfortable. Sun-drenched skin so hot will melt your popsicle. Johnny Carson. Sun-drenched skin so hot will melt your popsicle. Weird, wild stuff. But I understand what she's trying to say, but I don't think it would melt your popsicle. I don't know. And then Snoop Dogg uh, rapping on that. 
hot take. Hot take this morning. Everybody loves Snoop Dogg, right? He's, and his voice is great, obviously. Is he? Is he that? It's, uh, this is troubling to even say, but I just have some issues with Snoop Dogg. Is pimping that cool? I don't love her. Katy Perry covered you too. Oh, Wide Awake in America. No, it's not. It's a different song. First of all, did you guys know that Snoop Dogg, like, uh, I, uh, never mind. I can't get into this. I love Snoop Dogg. Never mind. We heard from, um, oh, the lights were beautiful and yellow. From Wings, Wangs. We heard uh, Night Nurse, Gregory Isaac. There's a patient by the name of Gregory. We heard Grape Ape. You guys remember the uh, the uh, TV show Grape Ape? I do. It's weird. It seems like they made a whole show around not a great ape, but a grape ape. And he would say, grape ape, grape ape. The minor, minor work. Is that Hanna-Barbera? They had some weird ones. Captain Caveman. And, uh, but the centerpiece, oh, there are two other things. We had, uh, Stop the Insanity! Susan Powder. Didn't like, in retrospect, her making fun of herself being bald. It's not cool. And, uh, yeah, and then the centerpiece of of the mashup was uh, this this dude, David Mamet. And uh, that leads me to... uh, this is kind of like a political checkup. Do I even have the political checkup? Let's do it. Let's do it. Turn turn off Reed Anderson. Thank you, Reed Anderson. People say the best place in Western North Carolina get a muffler, a transmission, a timing belt, or a suspension replaces Johnny's. Why? Because at Johnny's Automotive, they do the job right and check it. That's Johnny's way. Come down to Johnny's on the corner of Crisco Road and Popular Creek and get your vehicle fixed right the first time. Not as not as clockworky. Thank you uh, to Johnny, as always. Uh, if you're in the Western North Carolina area and you need a, um, your suspension looked at or your your uh, brake fluid topped off, sometimes you might think you you have uh, an issue with your brakes and you need your calipers or your rotors or your struts replaced. It might just be uh, your 
you're leaking brake fluid, and Johnny can help you out with that. Um, okay. I don't have my, um, what's that guy's name? Who used to do the, I forgot, the background, TJ Reinhold or something. I can't find the music. This is, this was, I wasn't prepared, but, but, uh, a classic shout out to Johnny and, and the political checkup. So this guy, David Mamet, he wrote a, a few plays, I think, some movies, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, looking for the leads. He's on Fox News talking about um, grooming, which is the new, the new moral panic, grooming. And um, look, we've. I was joking around about it at the beginning of the show, but we are in in uh, kind of traumatized times right now, going through a pandemic and a. You know, there's this war and overseas. I don't know where where that's going to go and inflation. Political uncertainty. And parents are just in protection mode right now for their kids. I see it all the time at my school. You know, parents just, you know, they've, they've just had to protect their kids right and wrong for the past two years. And then with online school you had the classroom in in uh, everyone's house in in everyone's houses and apartments teachers were beamed in um, and parents overheard what was going on in the classroom and the classroom can be a, a messy place place for learning place for mistakes and uh, simultaneously with all that, you had, you know, Black Lives Matter. You had big changes and strides for freedom with the LGBT community. And you got this confluence where you have, have parents freaked out. And you have people trying to figure out what the what the wedge issue, you know, Republicans have, have said they, they've already telegraphed that for the midterms, they don't want to put forth any any policy. They want to just do the culture war stuff and the critical race theory has started to die down as far as a hot button issue. They needed their new moral panic started talking about grooming the idea that any any mention of of uh, sexuality in in the classroom is is just an attempt for for these teachers to groom kids and it, you know just say I don't want my kids taught taught about a uh, race or sex in the classroom. That's that's not the job of school. 
And anybody doing that is just indoctrinating. The proposition that Black Lives Matter or that people should be free to live their lives as, as, as they want to, regardless of gender, sexuality, it seems pretty simple, but... So they knew they couldn't fight that on, on, the, on the merits. So they had to bring in kids. You have to find, you, you do whatever you want, but don't involve my kids in it. Right? Bring it to the schools, bring it to this panic. It's sick. And we're going to see a lot more of it, unfortunately. That's what I think about this. David Mamet guy. Always always be grooming. I got a phone call. Race to the bottom. Hey, it's me. Oh my goodness. Everybody, I don't know if you can recognize this voice. <laughs> this is your your doctor, my dad, Dr. Dad. How's it going? Yep. Going good. I'm I'm really into the topics you're talking about now about uh, people struggling with uh, the stress and strain. Being a psychiatrist on the front lines, I hear about it all the time. So, so Doctor Dad, I want I want you to talk about this, and and I'll chime in with some questions. But okay. as you do, part of why I wanted you to call in is I don't know if you listened to the show yesterday or yesterday last week, uh-huh. but I kind of yep. lost it a little bit about uh, our, our situation with our phones, um, huh. and I kind of think that the phones, uh, the the sound kind of I, I use the S word a few times. Uh-huh. Like Ulysses S. Grant, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I um, thought you could call in and help me. So, as you're talking, um, this will be maybe may kind of fun. I'm a process guy. I'm gonna sure. just try some things. Um, and and listener, if you you hear some weirdness um, while Doctor Dad is talking, uh, just just know this is for the betterment of the show. I'm gonna just try to find the best setting for the for this phone call um get you sounding the best as uh you possibly can and we'll try to figure out i can listen back to this and uh and try to solve this phone issue okay okay i'll do my best okay so launch into what you were saying dr dad oh boy well just you know the stress and strain of uh, <clears throat> what's going on is is difficult. There's emotional isolation. Kids are at home. They're not at school. Um, yep. Uh, people like <clears throat> like me are going through PTSD when you hear about all this horrible stuff going on in you know Ukraine and uh, yeah. So that's happening, and then the the overhanging question about will i ever be safe to fly in an airplane mm-hmm. or uh go back to work uh, just constant relentless uh stress and distress is is there for many people okay so this will be uh, um this will be setting one now i'm going to try try this right. try try okay that that th- turning this up sounds bad i think um 
So this would be um, maybe this would be setting two. This okay. this is setting two. Um, so uh, yeah, is uh, and have you had any um, patients talk talk with any concerns about? Uh, I I know you try to maybe talk more just about people's you know personal stuff, uh, but is anybody worried about any of this like? critical race theory or grooming or stuff like that with brought it up in in sessions no i i can't think of uh anyone that's talked about those issues yeah. or, uh, except to you know say that it's you know just ridiculous to yeah you know have those kind of uh pressures on <laughs> on teachers you can't talk about this that or the other yeah um you know, I've had some teachers, and they are teachers, and they're talking about the, uh, you know, stress and strain related to that. Okay, so this would be like setting two, and I've got right. LPF over to the left and HPF to like, uh, well, that would be like three o'clock. I think this, I think this might be good. Um, the problem is um, that it, it sounds like. It sounds like I'm on the phone too. Uh, some of the like it didn't used to sound like this, uh, but it sound it sounds like weird. Like like I'm on the phone with you, Doctor Dad, instead of me still being in the studio. I don't know if people can hear this at home, but um. So what's going on? Uh, what else is going on, Doctor Dad? Or, or or if you have anything else to say about uh, what I was saying? Sorry, I'm like half. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, no, splitting um, my main, brain here. Yeah, the main things I try to help people to um, to help them with all this is to you know uh, stay connected as best you can with friends and family. Phone them up, talk to them. Um, exercise get outside <laughs> have yeah. a pet that you can hug and that comes and welcomes you oh, when you I... come home so you don't feel alone all just all those kind of strategies oh and figure if you're bored uh, think of it as like brain brain hunger and what do you do if you're hungry for food you hungry you you look for food well if you're bored that's a signal that your brain is hungry for uh, interesting things to do. So find stuff that might interest you or challenge you. So I, you know, I have all bunch of advice like that that I, you know, give people, and um, it, some of those ideas do help. Yeah, people talk about like beautiful boredom. <laughs> yeah, we and didn't. I, I, we right, used and I to help people realize that uh, being bored is actually a privilege when you think about. A huge percentage of the human population they don't have the chance the the privilege of being bored they're they're trying to figure out what how do how am I going to feed my kids tomorrow and where are we going to live and, yeah and uh they're they're constantly you know in distress they don't have time to be bored so it's it, it is a privilege dr dad i've I've got mixed messages here some people are saying more uh i got one one person saying. More discussions about how the soundboard sounds, please. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and then somebody else says, "Just move on. Phones sound fine." So okay. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
still sound weird to me. But yeah, I I I totally I I agree, Doctor Dad. I just get scared because these like moral panics just just feel like they overtake take our our best judgment, and right. uh, it feels like we're being manipulated in a in a way. Right. You know. And another another stress to me is that. When I think about what the Russians are doing, I, you know, I think, well, that's they're human beings, just like uh-huh. me. And, oh my gosh, that means that means we're seriously flawed. Uh, somehow, we're, we're for flawed as a species that we would do those kind of things. So it it sort of lowers my sense of hopefulness and confidence in in our ability. And so we've just got to use our emotional intelligence to rise above it and say no this this is not uh, no i'm not going to go down that road i'm going to be kind and caring and take care of people and be respectful and never 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 do stuff to harm people with bombs or anything like that yeah (laughs) so well dr dad i it everybody loves loves hearing from you and and uh and I, I I miss you. I, I want to see you soon. I know we got to get together more often. So that's another thing. Yeah. Isolate, and I, I point out to people that that uh, we're in a very isolated kind of culture. When you think about in the past, there would be villages and people get together on the street and talk. And and you go to Europe and they're eating outside. Big families are eating outside <laughs> and talking. Yeah. Well, we don't see any of that very much in in this country, and we've just got to keep figuring out ways to connect with each other. Well, so. from from your lips to God's ears, Doctor Dad. <laughs> Good talking to you, man. Just uh, keep doing what you're doing. Part what you're doing does help because. Uh, you know, people listen in and they feel, hey, there's a human guy that's sane and talking about intelligent stuff and uh, in a humane way. Whoa, I guess I guess humans are okay. So keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Dr. Dad. Love you. <laughs> okay, love you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, so... If I have still have no, okay. All right. Well, I think that's about as good as I'm going to get on the phones. Looks like like setting two is probably what I need. I guess you're just what I needed. Right? Um. What was I going to do? I Quebec.
People think that I'm just like a, uh, you know, I moved to New York and I get into the Mets like I'm just some kind of uh, Johnny-come-lately, literally Johnny-come-lately. That's not, that's not the case. I, I fell in love with the New York Mets when I was uh, a young lad of uh, six years old. Um. Partly because their their farm team, their AAA team, their feeder team was uh, in my uh, backyard, basically in in uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, the Tidewater Tides, and um, oh my goodness, race to the bottom. Uh, hey, John, it's Howie. Oh, my God. Howie, what's hey. up? How you doing? I'm, I'm well. I was just telling the, the, uh, the Race to the Bottom community that, you know, so I feel like some people think, you know, I, I moved to New York and I become a Mets fan, but I was just given my credentials. I've been a, yeah. been a Mets fan since I was uh, six years old, and I happened to be, uh, we were on, on fall break, and... Uh, we were playing Uno. You remember the card card game Uno? You used to play it all the time. Yeah. Yep. So we were playing Uno, and I was really in, into the game. But on TV was, uh, bl- believe it or not, Howie, it was games. It was the game six of of oh, the uh, game six. The game six, and yeah. uh, and I I I slowly became less and less interested in the card game until I finally yeah. just told my parents. And my brother, I think, was there. Can we, uh, can we put the the game down? I just want to watch this. And and from then on, I was I was hooked. Uh, the Tidewater yeah. Tides triple the triple A team was, you know, basically right behind my my school, right right uh, yeah. just across the way. And so we would yeah. once a year. They they don't do this anymore, but they they would come and and uh, play like a scrimmage where. And I got to mm-hmm. see. Uh, Gary Carter and the and the and the guys. I got Gary. Yeah. Very weird. I got Gary Carter's wife's autograph. Um, oh, that that was Mrs. Carter. Mrs. Carter. Yeah, got her yeah. autograph on a on a hat, on a wow. Tidewater Tides hat. So uh, 
So I'm I'm no yeah. uh, you know I mean, it's not a bandwagon thing for me, and I feel no, no I can vet. I can vouch for that, John. You know, I didn't. I didn't know you when you were six, but I knew you when you lived in Asheville. And yeah. your fandom goes, you know, way back. You didn't just like join in the good times. And know? I, f- um, I feel the need to disclaim that, Howie, because man, yeah. we're mm-hmm. we we're sitting pretty right now. We're sitting pretty right now, and I and and speaking of Game Six, that was really one of the high points of my Met. You know, all, all my years of being a fan and. When when that game six was over, you knew uh, the series was over. You knew they were going to win game yeah. seven. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because everything is like um, it's going great. You know, all these the starting pitchers are are doing just unbelievably well, and the the guys that they picked up, the new guys, mm-hmm. everybody's doing well, and Lindor's doing well. And, you know, everything is just clicking. I love Buck Showalter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also just a little bit leery, you know. Yeah. Um, just, just because, you know, uh, we, we've seen this movie before, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, and, and last year, right, Nets were in first place, like, for three or four months, right? And then... Uh, they lost to Grom and whatever, and you know I, so, something feels different. I mm-hmm. mean, something feels different. I feel like man, they they just feel really solid and complete. And I think Buck Showalter's having a big influence. But I'm a I'm a little leery because mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's it's a, it's a long season. Yeah, you know, but, and because uh, you're a Mets fan, we gotta we gotta stay uh, stay leery, right? We're not we're not the we, uh, we, we gotta. We, yeah, yeah, we got to be a little leery, you know, but I mean, it's like best case scenario, you know, things keep clicking pretty well and then DeGrom comes back and all that. So, um, you know, I, I feel pretty good, but, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully this can continue, but couldn't hope for, for a better start. So you mentioned a few things I want to take uh, piece by piece. So uh, for, and I want to try to bring this down to uh, the ground level for for people who don't really know uh, the Mets or baseball that well. But they, so first is is this guy Jacob Degrom, which who might be the the best uh, the best pitcher of. You know he's he's in the conversation to be the the best pitcher, uh, you know, of of this decade or of this, you know, this era in a lot of ways. But uh, and he he already won the Cy Young twice. He was going for a, a third. He was going on a run last year, pitching like yeah. no one's ever seen before. Um, yeah. yeah, and then and then he. And and then he was injured, had had arm problems, and um, I think I mentioned to this this to you last year. It you know the the, the guy's just he's got all all these pitches that he's mastered, but then he came back last year and he was throwing like as fast as uh, as as any other pitcher, as fast as a relief pitcher, and. I watched this this documentary uh, a few years ago called Fastball. I think it's on Netflix, and it showed how basically the reason, like pitchers, are are literally throwing their arms off 
if you do the repeat, it's not a natural motion to throw a fastball, and there's it, it creates these micro tears um, in your tendons, and and that's why these guys are getting this Tommy John surgery. All basically every pitcher at some point in their career has to have their uh, elbow replaced with this Tommy John thing. And when mm-hmm. when Degrom came back throwing harder than ever last year, and they were like, "Oh my God, he's he's so great, and he's throwing these 101 mile an hour fastballs," mm-hmm. I just I, I got a knot in my stomach, and yeah. uh, and then he came back for spring training this year, and he was still throwing really really hard. I just yeah. don't. I think he needs to revamp his game. Um, and maybe throw in like the, uh, his fastball should top out at like ninety or something. I think it's just not good for him to throw that hard. And and, and I me- remember hearing talk like this, you know, for the past couple of years because, like you said, he, you know, he he was had statistics that really no pitcher in history has had. You know, I mean, he was yeah. just doing things that have never been done. And, you know, like you said, John, you know, pitching 100 miles an hour. Um, but he, everybody, all the analysts were always saying, but his motion is so natural, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that he didn't look like he was straining at all. But, uh, you know, injured last year, and it seemed like he was healthy when this year started. But, you know, shoulder issues again. Yep. So, and like you say, not, not natural to throw that fast. And I know a lot of veteran uh, experienced pitchers that used to be primarily fastball pitchers. Um, you know, they kind of learn, they call it like ha- how to pitch, not just mm-hmm. throw fast, but like they become crafty and know how to mix it up and, and don't pitch quite as fast. And yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and it seems like, um, you know, if he wants to stay healthy, he's probably going to have to make some adjustments. Because back in the day, you uh, you know, now we have these, uh, the, you know, the, these pitch counts where a, a pitcher, the, the, you know, it's just kind of um, the rules of the road that you don't want to throw more than 100 pitches in a game. By the time you're you're getting around 90 pitches, they start warming somebody up in the in the uh bullpen to a relief pitcher but back in the day you used to have pitchers that would a lot of the time just throw the whole game throw all nine innings but people weren't throwing people weren't throwing you know uh, a 90 mile an hour fastball was was crazy fast back then you know that that's true and and it's really interesting because you know when i was a kid you know watching baseball um, not only they, they didn't have pitch counts, but I remember um, they barely used relief pitchers, you know, yeah. and I remember like like 13, 14 inning games, you know, and, uh, you know, Colfax versus Marischal and <laughs> and the, uh-huh. starting, the starting pitchers, they would pitch the whole game. I mean, 13, 14 innings, they would pitch the whole game. There were no pitch counts. And now they have you know, five-man rotations. Back in the day, they had four-man rotations. So yeah. every fourth day, you know, you'd pitch pitch the whole game and all season long. And it just seems like, you know, they, they didn't get injured back then. Mm-hmm. They, you know, the injuries are, were not like they are now. And maybe 
maybe that's part of it, you know, it's yeah. like instead of throwing 90, you know, throwing 100, you know. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, well, they in this, in this documentary, they showed how like the, basically the human arm can't throw much faster than like, uh, you know, like Araldus Chapman through like 104, 105. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. f- the physics of it are impossible. So I think even that difference of throwing 90 to throwing 100, you're basically going up against the limits of what the human body can do. So I I really mm-hmm. think that that's um, a, a lot of the, the reason. So you kind of led me to something I wanted to ask you about is yeah. uh, Tom, yeah. S- Tom Seaver got a, a statue uh Yesterday, the big unveiling mm-hmm. at, at City Field. Uh, where mm-hmm. do you remember him pitching? He seems to kind of fit the mold of that those older pitchers you you were just talking about. Yeah, um, I I do remember Seaver, and um, you know, basically, my, what what I remember about him, I remember uh, he he was the top of the rotation. It was Seaver followed by Kuzman, and. Seaver, you know, he was just an ace, and he, I don't think he ever got injured, you know? Um, He would go out there every fourth day, and it was like, when he pitched, you just knew, um, you know, the the Mets were probably going to win, even when they didn't have all that good of a team back (laughs) then. But Seaver pitched, and you had a really good chance to win, and, and, you know, he was something special to watch. You know, he always seemed... In, in command and in control and just very, very consistent pitch for years. Never, never got injured. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of a master, master of his craft. They, they call him the franchise. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned Buck Showalter, the, the Mets new manager, who's a, he looks like he's, I, with my wife and I were watching, we said, what is he like, 80? But he's only in his, like, uh, mid 60s. He's just kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess kind of uh, lived hard or something, or just all the attention to detail. You notice how they the, every time anybody talks about uh, Buck Showalter, they the only phrase they say is attention to detail. Attention to detail, and they say, you know, you the, the Mets won't lose because you know some detail was forgotten, like yeah. between the lines. Like he's not going to miss anything, and he is a funny funny looking character you know he's just like you say he's just like real old school yes you know yeah he looks like he came back from the 80s or something yeah yeah from a different era you know but um and remember i don't know if it was like the second third game of the season when all the mets were getting hit by opposing pitchers and Mm -hmm. uh, and um alonzo got hit lindor got hit and I think it was when Lindor yeah. got hit in the uh, face. And they were like in the in the head, you yeah. know. And and Buck Showalter like ran out, and the rest of the team ran out behind him. And uh, you know, and, and from what I'm hearing and what I'm feeling is like that kind of really brought the team together. Mm-hmm. Like the manager manager ran out, and the team followed. And it seemed like it was kind of a a bonding, unifying yeah. experience. And uh, a couple things that I like about Buck Showalter, aside from the attention to detail, one thing is yeah. he's uh, he's playing the whole team. Uh, he's, yeah. you know, which is, speaking of injuries, you know, it's a 162-game yeah. season, 
and he's yeah. he's got everybody everybody's pitching in. Uh, nobody's just riding yeah. the bench. Uh, he keeps yeah. changing the lineup uh, every day, yep. and and uh, everybody's contributing. Um, it's also, amazing. Also, he's doing a thing that I've noticed where, you know, so you have your starting pitcher and the starting pitching is great. And then a lot of managers will just bring a different dude in for every inning after the starting pitcher yeah. leaves. But he's he's been yeah. finding uh, these, like, middle inning guys that have have been mm-hmm. pitching two, three innings, Drew Smith and these, these guys, to really mm-hmm. uh, also lower the – the uh, brunt on on the pitching staff, so you have a lot of uh, arms that are are loose, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I see the same thing. Um, you know, he's just like really using everybody and and mixing it up. And it seems like you know the team really does have a lot of depth. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and like you said, you know, I forget who. Um, I, I know Nimmo was out mm-hmm. and uh, Canna was out, I think, for COVID. And they had this guy, I don't remember his name, with the long blonde hair yeah. came yeah. in and, uh, and, and uh, you know, got like two, two or three hits. It's like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, n- never heard of him. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like you said, everybody is just like, pitching in you know and it seems like there is a, a lot of depth and it seems like a pretty pretty complete team you know the weakness um i see i think the lineup is is like great and i mm-hmm. think uh people really uh you know i, I gotta mention one guy uh mcneil mm-hmm. um because he was such a great hitter and then he was like struggling all year last year and he seemed uh, real frustrated, and from what I've read, you know, they were so into the analytics last year, yeah. and now they're kind of like, you know, yeah, there's a place for analytics, but you can't overthink things, like, you know, trust your instincts, it's just like, see the ball, hit the ball, Exactly. And he's doing so much, so much better, but, you know, and to me, it's like, the, the team seems really complete. You know, there's like one little flaw that I feel like need, they need to work on, and, and you know what that is? Uh, uh, the, bullpen. the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. It's and, 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 and some of the guys are, but some of the guys like, eh, you know, you just mm-hmm. don't trust them when they come in. Yeah. You know. You you mentioned yeah. uh, McNeil. Uh, somebody I'm really excited about is a new acquisition for us, Starlin Marte. Man, this that guy is uh, so much fun, and uh, oh yeah, and something. And the Mets are leading the uh, National League in stolen bases, which is completely different uh, than than they Unheard usually of. are. Uh, never Unheard never of. been a fast team uh, in the past few never. years. But they're stealing Never. bases, and this Marte guy yeah. is just a spark plug and so much fun to watch. Um, agree, agree. He's like brings a whole different dimension to the team. He he led baseball in stolen bases last year. I think he got forty seven. Yep. And he's stealing this year, and Lindor's stealing. Yep. Other people are stealing. It's like wow, the, the running game. That's like the Mets never do that. And <laughs> yeah, and bunting. You know. Yeah. Bunting yeah. guys over, it's like they, they never do that either. Yeah. So I, I love this guy, Marte. He's, yeah. His energy is fantastic, and he's a real spark plug. So you got him and Nimmo, 
you know, at the top of the lineup, yeah. uh, that's pretty damn good. Hopefully, Nimmo, uh, you mentioned he was out with COVID. He seems like one of yeah. these guys. I know he's a big uh, evangelical. I, I have yeah. my feelings that he might be a... Uh, um, one of these guys who didn't get vaxxed. I hope that yeah. I'm wrong about that, and I hope he's not super get get super sick with COVID. Um, but he's going to be out yeah. for for a, a good bit, I think, at least ten days or whatever. The the same thought occurred to me when I heard he got COVID. It's yeah, like the same thought. I hadn't said anything, but I bet you he didn't get vaxxed because he's kind of a religious fanatic. Yeah, or something. Or Wyoming, Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. Points points um, at the sky whenever he gets on base. Uh, yeah, even when he walks. Yeah, you know, like he walks. He like runs mm-hmm. runs to first base, points at the sky. It's yeah, like, you know, I don't know. Thank you, Jesus. For yeah, the walk or whatever. You know, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, Howie, I got to let yeah. you go to get ready for our next show, okay. but let's let's talk in a in a uh, couple months and see how this is panning out. Okay, hopefully uh, the good good fortune um, will continue. Yes. Yeah. All right. Great talking let's, to you, John. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Take care. Bye. Oh, I forgot to ask him about. Let's go. If you're listening on your computer, you can download the app for your phone. Uh, it works great. Um, you can donate if you like what you heard. Let's close it out with uh, one of the greatest songs of all time. Just Once, Off the Dude, Quincy Jones, James Ingram. We got the freaking Deacon next week. Get ready for tr- Crime Talk BK. Peace. I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough Cause here we are back where we were before Seems nothing ever changes We're back to being strangers Wondering if we ought to stay or head on out the door Are we doing wrong?